This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. I hope you're doing good. Hope you are doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Uh, thank you everybody that's tuned in live as well. As always, uh, good morning to those. Kaiser, I see you. Barry, Rich, Chris, thank you. Paul, Ray, Olu, Matt G, Femi. Uh, we've got Peeny Ween. Uh, we've got NSW. Uh, Adian, Errol, uh, Trevor, some new names I'm seeing in the chat box as well, which is great. Plenty more of you guys as well. Always great to see so many regulars and irregulars as well. Uh, do, if you haven't done so already, click that thumbs up button. It really does help us out. Uh, we've been hitting some really, really good numbers um, of people tuning in, listening, new listeners as well, leaving some really kind comments. Thank you to all of those that are indeed leaving some kind comments on the show. It is, it is really very much appreciated. So without further ado, let's crack on with today's stories. Uh, we start with Granite Xhaka. And uh, of course, we have been waiting for a move for Granite Jacker to kind of materialise for some time, and yet still we wait uh, to hear whether or not the player will be leaving Arsenal. It seems as though that is still going to be the case, and uh, Arsenal are still very much willing to complete that exit. However, with Leverkusen wanting to secure the deal as soon as possible, Arsenal are being sensible, and they are making sure that they have a replacement lined up and ready to come in before sanctioning Granite Xhaka's exit from the club. So uh, even though Xhaka has not yet left and that there's been no agreement with the club at this stage, we're still expecting that deal to happen. We're just waiting on Arsenal to secure their replacement. Now, sticking with Arsenal's potential players that could stay, uh, Reese Nelson, according to Fabrizio Romano, is indeed very close to securing that four-year contract with an option to extend by a further season. Uh, we know that Arsenal have been in negotiations with Reese Nelson, his representatives uh, and those around him for some time. Uh, this has all happened for over the course of the season and with his contract expiring in the summer, Arsenal have wanted to, of course, uh, keep him at the club and the impact that he's made on games in which he's come off the bench has been significant. 
And clearly the club see something in him that they believe it is the right decision to keep him at the club as well. I think that there's no downsides to this whatsoever. Um, really would take quite the stretch to to come up with some significant criticisms about keeping Reese Nelson at the club because it doesn't stop us from signing anybody. It's not exactly an area of the field which Arsenal have um, kind of a push to sign a player in those wide areas because Arsenal's priorities lie in midfield and the defence, which are going to be very expensive to reinforce. And Reese Nelson has shown, I think, last season that he was the most dangerous substitute that we had coming off the bench. It was offering more than most. So no downsides to extending and uh, Arsenal can always move him on next season for a good amount of money. And then, of course, could look to bring a forward in if they wanted to. So Reese Nelson's uh, new contract hopefully will be signed and announced very soon indeed. Now, talks over William Saliba's contract are said to be progressing positively, according to Damashev of Sky Sports. Reported this first yesterday, the French defender has been in negotiations like Nelson for some time, and there's a willingness on all sides now for this deal to take place and for the Arsenal will indeed, hopefully, fingers crossed, get their man renewed and signed up to a brand new contract with the club. Yes, there's been interest from outside, but the indications, the incentives from uh, both Arsenal and Saliba's sides has always been that they want to try and renew uh, and come to an agreement. And the negotiations have been around, of course, the wage package, his placement in the squad, where he ranks in the eyes of the club, image rights, all of that stuff. Negotiations have been going on for some time. And because of that, it's it's taken some time to sort. But hopefully we get some really good news on William Saliba soon in the coming weeks maybe the coming months we'll have to wait and see but uh, it seems that these things are moving in a really good direction so that's absolutely positive again sticking with Darmeshef and his reports Arsenal are said to have held verbal talks with Joao Cancelo over a potential move this link this rumor this suggestion really does not seem to be going anywhere uh, at all in fact um, it doesn't seem to be that Joao Cancelo's name is going to uh, move away from Arsenal at any point until indeed another club seems to secure that there has been some rumors suggesting this morning that Barcelona will make a move for Joao Cancelo uh, and that there had been suggestions as well that Cancelo's preference was to leave England during the summer as well but Arsenal's keenness of the player who knows could make him change his mind Arteta is said to be a big fan of Joao Cancelo, but suggestions are from Darmashev that indeed Arsenal have held some verbal talks with Cancelo or his representatives about a potential move this summer. Let's wait and see what happens. Moving into the big guns of the window, uh, Terra Deportes, the Ecuadorian outlet that reported Arsenal's interest in, in uh, Moises Caicedo all the way back before the January window and suggested Arsenal's interest before anybody else. And so therefore have built themselves quite the credibility regarding the Ecuadorian midfielder, have hinted that Caicedo has chosen Arsenal as his preferred destination. They posted this picture to their social media feeds yesterday in which they uh, shaded in the images of him in a Chelsea shirt and instead brightening the images of him wearing uh, Arsenal's kit from last season, suggesting indeed that Caicedo has preferred to choose to move to Arsenal. Now, this still doesn't stop, of course, the idea that Chelsea could go into Brighton with a bid that is better than anything Arsenal are willing to accept. Sam Dean of The Telegraph yesterday reported that Arsenal and anyone else would have to pay significantly more than £70 million to sign 
Moises Caicedo um, from Brighton. That Brighton will be asking for a significant amount of money. There's no, um, there's no kind of clause like there was with McAllister. Uh, nothing like that. So Arsenal have to negotiate and agree a deal with Brighton. What we do know from Brighton side of things, they are willing to sell the player this summer if the right price comes in. But it seems well beyond £70 million is what's going to be needed. And that's, of course, what Arsenal had rejected in the January window. But hints coming out of Ecuador seem to uh, suggest that he has indeed preferred a move to Arsenal over anyone else. But we've all heard that before, a.k.a. Mihailo Mudrik, of course. Now, in terms of our headline story, Arsenal are said to be unwilling to get into a bidding war for Declan Rice and will let him choose his destination. My colleague Kai Karnak at Football.London reporting this yesterday. Uh, the player, as we know, is playing in the UEFA Conference League final tonight for West Ham. And uh, we wish him the absolute best of luck. We hope that he avoids any kind of injury issues, of course. But uh, I think I wouldn't mind necessarily West Ham winning the tournament. I know that some social media accounts supporting West Ham have been rather insufferable over the last few days. But I'm trying to block them out and focusing on the fact that my mother-in-law is a West Ham United fan. And so I'm wishing them the absolute best. Fiorentina, meanwhile, are my Italian side. So I'm in a win-win scenario, I like to think, with tonight's game. But uh, Declan Rice, again, playing an elite level, playing in a cup final like he played against Italy. Italy for England in the Euro final in 2021. Uh, another really good piece of experience for him. But the expectation is that a bid from Arsenal will indeed go in after this Europa Conference League final has completed this evening. Arsenal have been respectful in allowing West Ham to continue with their preparations. There was no negotiations that were going to be successful before that. And it's put them in really good standing to have negotiations with West Ham after the completion of the final. So that is the case with Rice. Right, let's move to your questions and more in part two, right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, uh, we move to your questions. Uh, let's jump into the chat box and see what questions we've got coming in. Um, Charlie says, who are Brighton going to replace Moises Caicedo with? Well, of course, they've got some negotiations already successfully completed with Mahmoud Dahoud, who was, of course, at Borussia Dortmund, central midfielder. They've also brought in James Milner from Liverpool, who can play in central midfield, can also play in a fullback position. So, in terms of central midfield replacements, they've got those players looked at. They also signed a Swedish midfielder I think Ayari uh, was his name in January they brought him in 
he's expected to potentially be a, a future central midfield option for them as well. So they have brought in some players. Raul Pedro, the forward, has also been brought in from Watford. So Brighton have already done some early business in the window as well. So that's the expectation around Brighton's kind of future in those positions. Um, Daniel says, I hope West Ham win because we need to be bringing European winners into the squads. It's a nice fact as well. We can say that one of our players has won a European title if indeed we do manage to sign Declan Rice. Um, Matt G says, do you think West Ham winning or losing the final tonight will impact the price that they will ask for for Declan Rice? I don't think so. No, I'm not sure. I think there's a valuation of Declan Rice and that's set no matter if uh, West Ham win or lose in tonight's UEFA Conference League final at all. Uh, Akamal says, the Mudrik saga showed that we are willing to get into a bidding war. It's just that we have a max amount to bid that is probably lower than the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United. I think that's a fair assessment, Akamal. I think when you look at Arsenal's uh, view of transfers, view of transfer targets, they don't like to go beyond their valuation all that often. That said, they did go beyond their valuation with Mudrik. They were willing to go beyond their valuation of Moises Caicedo in January as well. And we're probably going to see them have to go beyond that for both Declan Rice and Caicedo this summer if they want to sign both players. Let's wait and see what happens. But uh, certainly... An interesting one. Uh, Bulgarian Guna says, should we even compete with the likes of City, Barca and Saudi Arabia in terms of offers for someone like Ilkay Gundawan? Uh, now, it seems that he's turned down Saudi Arabia if reports to be believed. He will, it seems, choose between renewing with Man City or move to Barca. There was some reports coming out from Spain yesterday that Gundawan had indeed agreed a three-year deal with Barca. That's not yet been corroborated yet, but I don't think you're going to see Gundawan turn up at Arsenal next season, unfortunately. Uh, N5 says, hey, Tom, uh, how can you see the structured payments for Rice and Caicedo being if we go for both? The honest answer is I don't know. Um, I don't know how they would structure the payments. Arsenal have always got an intention to structure payments for players. They only do that when they when they sign like Thomas Partey, for instance, they have to activate a release clause. They pay that money up front. That they haven't done it in that case, but certainly players like Pepe, when we paid a massive fee for him, was split up into significant chunks and paid over a longer period of time. Um, so I imagine that Arsenal will be looking to put together a package that can financially enable them to sign both Rice and Caicedo, but it's got to work for, for all parties, of course, involved in the deal. Uh, Jasha says, Reese is a great talent, clever business by Arsenal. Clapping emojis. Uh, Valeria says, uh, hey, Tom and the community. What has been the sum of Tom's wild takes regarding Arsenal? Wild takes that I've had. I mean, the chat box will be able to tell you better than I will. Um, but surely there's some wild takes I've had <laughs> that have just not come to fruition at all. Let us know in the chat box if you can remember any of the crazy things. And don't make them up. That's <laughs> what I would say. Try and come up with real ones. Uh, Maximir says, hey, Tom, with the Chelsea transfer strategy, Ben Jacobs keeps speaking about amortization, which helps them to buy. So many players and spend so much. Could you explain how this works and we can do it? Um, in my limited financial knowledge, uh, amortization is to do with the spread of investments, I'm pretty sure. So if Chelsea give a player an eight-year contract, the transfer fee is amortized across those years. So let me try and explain it in the way that it was explained to me in idiotic terms, because I'm an idiot when it comes to this. Um, it was explained to me basically like, if you were to say sign, I don't know, a player for £50 million on a five-year deal, so effectively that's £10 million per year of that contract. After a year, you have had, you know, uh, £10 million of that, you know, paid, if you like. And if you were to sell after one year, it would come up as, you know, a £40 million is still left to be paid on that 
that player's contract, if you like. But it's it's more complicated than that. And I've not explained it very well at all. Uh, if you want to ask someone, ask Mike from the Gooners pod, I'm sure he'll be able to. It's something to do with you know the, the amount of time that you've got on the contract, how long you've had them, what the fee was spread across the contract. So if you have an eight-year contract for a player, it spreads that cost on your books a lot easier you know so a hundred million pound player on an eight-year contract and a hundred million pound player on a five-year contract it looks different on the books basically um so there there you go um <laughs> let's go to Peter Wien says Tom Hot Take was making podcasts friends and eating charcoal based food absolutely um Ray Beam says don't take stock tips from Tom yes don't please don't take any financial advice from me it's uh never ever 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 a good deal at all um, but if anyone in the chat box wants to have a go at explaining amortization better than me, feel free. Um, T Fisher says the obvious one is wanting Arteta out, but honestly, a lot of you uh, say is pretty a lot. Uh, but honestly, a lot of what you say is petty, uh, pretty wild and way off. Says T Fisher. Of course, when we lost to you at Villarreal in that Europa League final, uh, and I was kind of done at that stage, and we did a whole show talking about Arteta, um, you know, needing to be moved on at that point. And after the Man City game as well, when we lost 5-0, you know, that was that, that I was at really a low point with Arsenal then. And I just couldn't see a way forward. So I just couldn't see what on earth we should have done. And so I really kind of lost faith at that point. Thankfully, over the course of the 21-22 season, that was restored and built up. And certainly, I'm so glad that the club didn't move on Mikel Arteta. Uh, very much was uh, happy that that didn't take place. Uh, Belage says, is Pepe's deal an example of amortization by Arsenal? Uh, it's not. No, amortization and like structured deals are different. Um, they're not the same. It's how it looks on kind of a balance sheet compared to the structured agreement of how you pay deals back. There's a difference between the two. Uh, Maximia says, Tom, remember when the Pepe sell for 25 million? <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't my hot take. That was like, an article that me and Bailey did, it was like a panel piece, an opinion piece, talking about how much uh, Arsenal should accept, I think it was like last summer, for, for Pepe. And we did like this panel piece talking about how much do we'd accept. And I think I said something on the lines of, you know, I'd take £25 million if I was Arsenal. And like the Sun and the Mail just suddenly run the story. Like, Football London says Pepe will be sold for £25 million. You're like, you're even reading, like, what's being written at this stage, honestly. Yeah, it's bad. It's absolutely crazy what some things are reported these days and twisted, but uh, that was very much um, a ridiculous thing to, to, to even discuss at that point. But uh, I'll be lucky to get, we'll be lucky to get any money for Pepe now at this stage. Uh, M says, Tom, what would a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 transfer window be for this summer? Um, my perfect summer window is adding five or six additions. I think a 10 out of 10 summer is the six, obviously two central midfielders, two defenders, and a creative attacking kind of option like a Madison or a Javi Simmons. Um, and then a centre forwards. You know, that that would be a 10 out of 10 window. The two midfielders, of course, Rice Guy said the defenders, you know, a left back. I love Rafael Guerrero as a potential option on a free because I think it opens up potential opportunities for us. And on the right side of things, you know, a Fresneda, a Simican, you know, someone like that. I think that would be great. You know, that'd be great to see Arsenal secure. Um, Let's go to Jabu says, uh, amortization. You buy an asset for 100 million in a five year contract. In your financial statements, you will record a 20 million per season loss uh, for five years, a minus 25, uh, 20 million per year for five years. So you don't have 100 million in one year, but minus 20 
in that year one through to five. So there you go. That's how it kind of looks. So if you have an eight-year contract, it splits that 100 million up, you know, more so. So the spending doesn't look like it's... You don't look like you spent as much in a year if you spread a contract across eight years compared to five years, I think is probably the best way to to look at it. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, Vicky says, hey, Tom, I can't understand how you can say keeping Nelson is a good move. Uh, we need to get rid of players like him, Eddie, Maitland-Niles, Elneny uh, and Smith. Rowe. Wow. We need to have quality both starting and on the bench, not potential. Well, Nelson's not potential anymore. Nelson's going to be a 24-year-old wide player that's come off the bench and scored some big goals and big moments for us. It's not about potential. It's about quality, absolutely. But also, if you're looking at bringing in a wide player this summer, the realistic outcome is that you're not going to you're not going to get that because Arsenal need to sign two midfielders as I say two defenders a creative midfielder or an attacking midfielder in Javi Simmons for instance and in my view maybe a centre forward Smith Rowe saying that we need to have quality and saying that he's not quality I find really disparaging to be honest uh, Vicky I find that really odd that, that Smith Rowe's on your list of players that are not quality. Maitland-Niles is going to be moved on on a free. Elneny's not really going to be involved in the squad, but we renewed his contract because it was the right thing to do. Eddie Nketiah, I'll agree with you. I think we need to move him on. I would sell Eddie Nketiah, but there's no downsides to Nelson's contract, especially in a window in which, you know, we're not in a situation whereby we can find a winger to compete with Saka or give you any level of you know, competition for a fee that is going to be feasible during this window when we've got so many other needs elsewhere. Um, so I don't agree with you. Emmanuel says, would Caicedo give us the option to play him as an inverted right back and allow Tierney as a natural overlapping left back? I mean, arguably so, but I think Tierney's going to be going. So it's almost like we're never going to get to see that. Um, Olu says, hey, Tom, how will you feel if we end the window of Rice, Caicedo and Simakan Tierney stays? I'd feel pretty darn good. You know, adding Rice and Caicedo is massive Simican offers great kind of depth to that right back slash right sided center back role Tierney stays so you you keep the depth at left back um the only thing I would be missing is something in the forward line um or the attacking midfield line that's what I'd be missing but if you offered me that right now I think I'd probably take it um I'd be interested to know if, if others would as well but if you were to offer me Tierney stays and we sign Rice, Caicedo and Simican you know I'd I think I'd take that based upon my concerns, uh, you know, about the window going forwards um, because I'm always wary. You know, I'm, I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm wary. So if you offered me Rice and Caicedo plus a Simican and Tierney stays, I think I'd probably take that if you offered it to me right now. Um, let's go to... Um, uh, Yomi says, what's this nonsense I see about Caicedo playing at right back, FFS, Arsenal fans? Um Caicedo played at right back against Arsenal for Brighton and had done for a few games and looked good. But at the end of the day, he's a midfielder. But don't discount the ability to use players out of position if they can suit other roles or if you want to change up the system in something like that. You know, I don't see any downsides in that whatsoever. Um, especially if you've got Partey, Jorginho, uh, Rice and Caicedo as your options. You can change things about. You can make some changes to teams and you may need to adapt. So don't rule it out. But uh, certainly he is a centre midfielder before anything else. Uh, let's go to M says, Tom, with Juve having no Champions League, would you take a cheeky punt at Vlaovic or has that ship sailed and sunk? <laughs> I think it probably has sailed and sunk. Arsenal don't, as far as I'm aware, have an interest in pursuing that deal at the moment. Uh, their priorities are certainly very much, as I say, in the midfield and defensive areas. While 
I'm reluctant about the the striker, even though I'd like Arsenal to sign a centre forward and move on both Balogun and and Nketiah. I suppose if you offered me that offer, which was uh, Rice, Caicedo, Simakan, Tini staying, I'd also like Balogun to stay. So we've got something added, you know, to that forward line as well. Uh, Selam says Zaha uh, potentially to come in. Uh, I'm not a fan of that idea personally. I mean, if it's kind of Zaha or nobody in the forward line, maybe I'd have more a greater keenness to do that. Um, but I saw the links with Saudi Arabia. I think that's a really strange move for Zaha, especially Crystal Palace are offering a lot of money, £200,000 per week, apparently, to keep Zaha. Um, he's always talked about playing in the Champions League, moving up to that next level, and moving to Saudi Arabia is not furthering his career. It's furthering in finances, sure, but I just think that would be really disappointing if he does indeed make that move after all of the talk about taking the game and testing himself at you know a higher level. Um I think it'd be a shame if he made that move. Uh, ben says, Tom, question, what are your views on Arda Guler? Uh, do you see him worth the effort of, of signing? Um, very talented young player. I can't say I've watched loads of the guy, but people I know that have say he's he's probably the most talented young Turkish player out there at the moment. Um, and if Arsenal are interested in him, I know for, I know for a fact Arsenal are interested in him. Um, but whether or not a deal comes forwards, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But he's certainly a very talented young player and, and one that if Arsenal feels good enough to be signed, then you've got to back them to, uh, to have made the right decision as well. Uh, Ray Beam says, any news on Moussa Diaby? Seems to have faded. Yeah, I mean, there's an interest from Arsenal, but there's there's no indication they're going to act on that interest at this moment in time. Um, Boss says, if the window isn't open yet, does that mean that we can't do anything with Rice even after the conference game? No, it doesn't. Um, the, the window opening is kind of just a reference point to when players can be registered, if you like. Talks and stuff go on behind the scenes when the window's not open, and that is certainly happening behind the scenes right now. Um, we see the tip of the iceberg in terms of reports, and that's what we talk about. But there's a reality of the transfer world going on under the surface that we don't know about, we don't see, and that we have to always take into consideration when discussing transfers and talks and analysing kind of Arsenal's proactiveness in the market because we don't know a lot of what's going on. And a lot is going on behind the scenes that we're just not aware of at the moment. Uh, Belage says, Tom, last two games of the season, Partey played the inverted right back for Arsenal. Is this something to explore next season with maybe Zinchenko moving into Xhaka's role? I don't think so. I think this was done because Zinchenko was not available during those games. If Zinchenko was available, I think you wouldn't have seen uh, that system used in any way, shape or form. Uh, it was just done because Arteta wanted to establish that inverted style of fullback role, which has obviously progressed Arsenal to a place where they competed for a title this season. A lot of that is to do with the system of playing with an inverted fullback. Uh, you know, I'd recommend you not listen to anyone trying to be disparaging about the inverted fullback system because that system is what has got Arsenal into the position that they've got under Arteta's playing philosophy. We need to emphasise this system. We need to perfect this system. We need to upgrade this system with opportunities in the market, with players that are going to be able to replace Saliba if he's not available, players that can replace Zinchenko if he's not available. Um, and adds, you know, depth in defensive midfield so we can kind of curb that 42-goal uh, record that we conceded last season as well. So I, don't, I think that it's more so you'll ne I don't think you'll ever see Zinchenko start in midfield unless there's a significant injury crisis. Um, 
I think he'll always be playing that left-back inverted position, which isn't even a left-back role, let's be honest. Um, let's go to... Uh, Boss Buller says, Hey, Tom, great show, mate. Kevin Campbell said that Saliba loved the club and will definitely sign a contract, but he's holding out for a big pay packet. Do you think this tr- is true? Um, I think that absolutely Saliba and his representatives are demanding a bigger fee. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, um, because... He's worth it and he knows he's worth it and they hold all of the control in these negotiations because he only has a year remaining on his contract. So, yeah, I think Kev's absolutely spot on, to be honest. Adam says, do you think Arteta will rotate between inverting the right back and the left back position during maybe games uh, throughout the course of next season? Really good question. My My instinct says no. Only reason being is because the only reason we didn't do that is because Inchenko was not available. That forced us to kind of change things up. I think if Tommy Asu is available, you play Tommy Asu over Tierney at left back as well. So you keep that inverted style as well. Tommy Asu is good in that left back position. But we should be looking to bring someone in as well that can replicate to the same degree what Zinchenko does. If you play with the right back inversion, I think it gives it's too unbalanced in or imbalanced in games like we saw at Nottingham Forest. We're very skewed to the right-hand side, Kasaka, Odegaard, Partey, you know, that style on that side. We really lack them progression to Trossard on the left. But maybe if Martinelli's there instead of Trossard, maybe we see a difference. But I think we struggled in that Forest game because of an imbalance in the team because we were inverted on the right where a lot of our play happens anyway with Odegaard and, and Saka. Uh, Valerius says, what's my favourite place to visit on holiday? Uh, probably Italy, uh, but it's it's quickly becoming going to uh, somewhere like Chicago and meeting up with lots of Arsenal fans because that was an amazing trip earlier this year and uh, one that I will treasure forever. Um, let's, and Sam says, Tom, you're going to need a holiday with your missus before this window gets crazy. I've got some trips planned. I'm still obviously going to be doing the show as much as, as feasibly possible. I'm going to Copenhagen for a few days. I'm going uh, to the south coast of England for a, a week or so, but we're still going to be trying to do the show as best I can, depending on how the Wi-Fi is. So don't you worry. We'll be doing plenty of shows, even if I'm trying to take some time off of work at the same time. Um, we will end the show there. Before I end the show, though, um, obviously, please do drop a like on the video and all of that goodness. But uh, uh, a week, two weeks ago, um, you probably saw a, a pinned post on my uh, on my profile on Twitter on my personal account um, which was kind of paying tribute to my my late grandfather who sadly passed away recently and uh, it's his funeral today so I'm not working today you probably won't see me doing much tweeting uh, or posting or anything like that um, so forgive me if there's not uh, any quick responses um, throughout the course of the rest of the day I think you can understand it as why um, but Thank you to everybody that sent really, really kind messages of support in response to that post. It's uh, It was really humbling um, and showed the, the kind of the strength of the community, the kindness of a lot of people that get involved with the channel. Um, so thank you ever so much to, to everybody that did indeed. Uh, do that but thank you um and thank you to everybody that's tuned into today's show as well we really appreciate it um luke with a quick question says tom are the hats still available uh let's hit that like button uh, the hats are at the moment they're out of stock because we're waiting to be restocked um i'm told by live um behind the scenes so hopefully fingers crossed soon they'll be back in stock for you uh but the moment they're out of stock because we're waiting on a, an order of hats to come in to be then embroidered so you guys can buy them so sorry if you're trying to buy a hat at the moment hopefully they should be back in the store uh, very very soon um, but thank you ever so much for the kind comments i can see all of them really appreciate that uh 
as I say, thank you for listening. Thank you for the, all the support, as always. And uh, I'll see you uh, either late, probably either late tonight, uh, which I'm not sure if I am doing one or not. I don't think so. Um, or tomorrow morning. Um, so, yeah, of course, I'll see you tomorrow morning. But thank you so much, as always. Really appreciate it. And uh, have a fantastic day. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mc delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.